listening to Modern Dealership Magazine's In The Box podcast. My name is Joey Little and thank you for joining me as I interview some of the hardest working people in automotive retail. Whether it's the people working at the dealership or those selling products to dealerships to help them sell more cars, you'll have them right here on Modern Dealership's In The Box podcast. Do you have a suggestion on who we should interview? Email your suggestion to media at moderndealership.com. So one of the most famous car, car dealing, car moving, moving metal uh, salespeople in the automotive industry, retail side on Facebook is with me right now, uh, Mabel Peralta. And it's Peralta, right? Yeah, it's Peralta. I, as long as I've known you, I've, I've always kind of, I kind of, uh, when I talk about you to other people, I reference the skateboard company. Is that the yep. same kind of, that's the same thing. No, it's no relation. No relations, unfortunately, uh, but it is the same spelling and the same uh, pronunciation. West Coast versus East Coast, because of course the West Coast company and you, of course, are an East Coast lady, right? Yes, of course. The best. Are you, no. What are you, <laughs> New Yorker, New Jerseyan? What are you? What are you? Uh, I was born in New York City, um, but I was raised in New Jersey, so I consider myself a Jersey girl, but not typical. You know, stereotypical Jersey girl, just a true Jersey, and that uh, appreciates everything that New Jersey had to offer while growing up. What does New Jersey have to offer? Taylor Ham. Huh? What does New Jersey have to offer? (laughs) What's what's? I'm sorry, Uh, I keep talking over you. No, that's all right. Taylor Ham. Some people call it pork roll. Uh, In the north, call it Taylor Ham. And uh, Taylor Ham. Yeah. No clue. Yeah, you have to try it. When, like on a soggy egg and cheese, like on a roll, it's like the best thing ever in the morning. And um, no, it's just you know Jersey was a, especially when I grew up in the uh, the eight, in the 80s and, and early 90s, it was just a fun place to grow up in. I mean, the time I grew up in had a lot of crime, but everyone knew each other, so it was like if you were from a certain block and you went to another certain block, people knew where you were from, and then you know to mess with you. It was just it was very culturally um, intense. There was a lot of things that were happening all at once. And uh, growing up with a single parent, you know, either I could have gone either way. I could have been a delinquent. Um, and or a car dealer. Done, or, or a car dealer. Well, you know, I went to school for <laughs> photography. So, yeah, my mom wanted me to be a doctor. I wanted to either be a chef or a photographer. And um, I chose photography. And I got my degrees in photography, and then uh, I ended up, I ended up uh, doing branding and marketing, and now I'm I'm in cars. <laughs> but I've always been into cars, so. You're getting ahead of me with these. I don't even need to be here for this. You're answering your own questions. The only thing you're missing is saying <laughs> is asking yourself the questions and then answering them. I mean, I don't even need to be here. No, you're just you're just there for decoration. You uh, <laughs> what decoration it is? You East Coasters, I tell you what. I tell you what, you, you are uh, stereotypically uh, do, do not have a, a fear in having a conversation. And you talk with your hands. Yeah, definitely talk with my hands a lot. Uh, sometimes I'm like, I, I should stop that. Like, I should kind of come down and out, and then you know, I can't. Especially if I get really animated or or anything, whether I'm pissed off or I'm happy, the hands start flying, and then, you know, we're really um, – in my culture, really affectionate people. So, you know, we're always hugging and kissing each other. Like, it's just you're excited. You're excited about life. And now your culture, you know, the culture that you talk about, I want to, I want to, just because it is, you know, public knowledge, because you do talk about it quite yeah. a bit in your feed, is uh, Dominican, correct? You have a Dominican background. Yeah. Your mother is Dominican? Yeah. 
Yep, soy Dominicana, meaning I am Dominican. Both my parents are Dominican. Uh, I'm really proud of my heritage. You know, I mean, I could get into the whole 23andMe conversation and really dissect what I really am. But growing up, uh, you know, I was told I was Dominican. Uh, it was only recent that my, my grandmother was like, do you know your great-grandmother came from Mumbai? And I'm like, well, that explains my love for curry and old Bollywood music. So there's that. Uh, I do have some family that's from Spain, but I was raised in a very typical, hardcore Dominican household where on Sunday mornings, your mom would get up at the crack of dawn and put on some really loud Spanish music and wake you up with the broom and just hand it to you and say, start cleaning. You know, so Spanish, well, <laughs> Spanish music where I'm from, Spanish music yeah. where I'm from is either Rico Suave or Menudo. So is that... Ooh, I love Menudo. Oh, my God. I had the biggest crowd. I was four years old. That's when I realized. I was like, oh, But that's God, not what you're talking about. You're talking about... No, but... No. I'm talking about, like, merengue. I'm talking about salsa. I'm talking about... Um, we have... So, in America, we have country music, right? You know, it's like if you're from the South, you love country music, and you're all about that. In Dominican Republic, our version is called bachata, which is a slow, kind of depressing, you know, my kids, you know, my wife left me with the kids in the pickup truck kind of music. And then you have the really fast pace, which is called Perico Ripiao, which if you Bless don't you. know how to dance it, you, yeah, if you don't know how to dance it, you're going to get sick. Like, they spin you around so many times, you feel like you're in those little Dixie cups at the Disney World amusement I- park. Yeah. Constantly spinning, and you're just like, I don't know where I am. Who am I? Where am I? So that kind of music, you know, I grew up listening to, and it's really fast-paced. So at times, if you get me in the right mood, and I'm speaking Spanish to you, and we're having a good conversation, my Spanish is going to be so fast that you're just going to really look at me like, can you please slow down? Um, The same thing with me talking now, because I could just talk all day. But (laughs) So those those (laughs) are your listening... To this interview, I know I know that I got to jump in there with you because you will go on because you are very fascinating and you have a lot to say. And to those that are listening to this, um, Mabel and I go back uh, a few years and we do know each other personally. We've met a few times. Uh, and uh, so you might hear some uh, passive aggressiveness, but it's all in fun and teasing. Such <laughs> as the fact, this is the fact of me reminding uh, or thanking Mabel for letting the guy who grew up in the state of Kansas know where they listen to country music in America. So I do want to thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, you unfortunately, country, country music has not made it to uh, Kansas yet, so we're hoping one day the South will let us you know, listen to it. You know what's funny is that I have some friends. I mean, they're born and raised here, you know, in the, um, <clears throat> I'm going to say in the New York area. And they're just like, I had someone actually recently tell me, like, dude, have you heard about country music? And I'm like, What? who are you? And they're like, yeah, I was listening to the radio and there was a song and it had like all these weird guitars in it and I find out it's country weird music. Like, that's crazy. And he was like, that's crazy, right? Like they have their own music and I'm like, wow, you are... They have their own music. That's awesome. I'm like, you are a special kind of person and God bless you because seriously, I don't even know. I couldn't even say anything sarcastic. That's yeah. how like, and I'm normally really quick with the wit, but I was so taken back and I'm like, are you serious right now? Because I got some Conway Twitty records that no one knows that I listen to that. That's I, your reference. I like that's your reference to country music. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Have you ever been to, you ever heard of Twitty City? 
Twitty City. Why does that sound? Is that for real? Because, Google it. Yeah, Twitty City. Well, Look it up. you know my my goal. My goal this year. That's was Twitty. To to just T W I T T Y. Twitty City, named after well, Conway Twitty. Just just <laughs> those that I are listening. I really wanted to. Yeah, I really wanted to go to Nashville this year. I mean, I I'm not a huge. Let's get. Let's keep it real. I'm not a huge fan of new country. I'm like, all right, I can listen to it because my GM is from Texas and he he plays it all the time in the showroom, and I'm just like, oh my god. The but, country music he plays in the showroom? Oh, yeah. And then he All does right. it. He does it especially, like, uh, if he's away for a few days and he comes back, he just does it to, like, mess with us. But old country, like, I don't know. There's something really nostalgic about it. And, uh, you know, well, it's just – anyway, I love, I'm gonna come back I love to old that. country. New country, I'm going to come back I'm like, to that. Eh. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name some off as a, a guy that grew up here, which, by the way, I am at a disadvantage here because where I grew up, well, I'll, I'll ask you, and then we're going to get into the yeah. meat of the automotive retail side of Mabel Peralta. Ooh. But uh, I do want to, I'm going to ask you a riddle. Do you know the difference? Oh, remember I said I grew up in Kansas. Do you know the difference between where I grew up in Kansas and yogurt? No. Yogurt has active culture. Just saying. Um, oh, my God. The first Dominican I've ever seen. Well, the first Dominican I really kind of knew outside of Major League Baseball was uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Jesus and uh, Marrow. So, Kid Marrow, is that his name? That's on Vice. You watch that at all? Oh, my God. You know what no, I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to Kansas one day. I've I've invited Mabel out here many a times. I think it would be uh, not a huge culture shock because I do live in the city. So it's, I mean, it's not like you know. Nah, Manhattan. but but if I but if I go, you got to really take me to like. All right, this is legit. Well, I'll take you to the country. To like, I need to oh. go to the country. Oh. I need to go to like a greasy spoon where there's grandma cooking in the kitchen. I need that. I'll take that's you somewhere you like. can you can experience because I didn't know this wasn't a thing outside the South and the Midwest. I didn't know biscuits and gravy for breakfast was not a thing everywhere. And I just, from a colleague that's in Irvine, California, she was just blown away and telling me, have you heard about this? Biscuits and gravy? Like, yeah, I grew up on it. Oh, well, it's, it's just like where I live now, it's kind of like a hipster town. And someone the other day comes up to me and they were like, oh, my God, you have to try this new thing. It's just like this plant. It's called plantain. And you could fry it and you could bake it. And some people make it into like mashed potatoes. And I looked it at is- her and I'm like... I'm like, A, you mean platanos. B, I ate that for breakfast, lunch, Blackened. and dinner growing up. They're not called Yeah, plantain. we call it platanos, but it's plantain. And oh, I'm like, okay. dude, I'm like, I've eaten this so much, I literally, like, I can't, for years I couldn't look at it because I'm like, this is all I'm eating is all days, platanos. Um, I'm like bubblegum shrimp. I could tell you how to make them a million different ways. So I looked at her. I'm like, are you serious right now? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, that's that's breakfast. That's normal. She's like, oh, I've never heard of it. It's so exotic. <laughs> so, so those are the the tune into the uh, podcast, the every or the uh, in the box from Modern Dealership. Are, are I mean, we, we we can go on and on and on, but we need to talk mm-hmm. shop. We need to talk uh, yeah. automotive retail. Let's do okay. This. And I want to get as much stuff in here as I can, uh, and I'm trying not to cut you off, but I want to get as much knowledge from you as I can. Yeah, let's so let's just start it. with the fact of when did you get into automotive retail? What 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 year? Uh, without aging yourself, you know, because no, yeah, I'll okay. tell you one thing: if you if you follow Mabel on on any kind of uh, social media, one thing is going to blow you away. She looks uh, am- amazingly young, and uh, not saying that you're old in any way whatsoever, but you would never guess that she's the age that she is. So how long have you been automotive retail? Uh, it's uh, going to be four years. 
Four years. And the first dealership you started at? My Volvo. Uh, Volvo. So you started with Volvo. We're going to get into the Volvo thing oh, here in a second first. But what was mm-hmm. it? Because you just said that you went to school for photography, uh, and four years ago is when you got into this business of automotive retail swinging. Did you start in floor sales? Is that where you started? Or did you start like internet or front no, desk I, or uh, manager? I, uh, I, I left the corporate job, um, took a huge pay cut because <laughs> I always, I've always loved cars. My dad was a mechanic. And I've been into the brand I'm into now since I was four. But, you know, even So you've had Volvo in your life ever since you were little? Yeah. My uncle had an amazing Volvo when I was growing up, and that was like my dream car. So, you know, I'm in the corporate job in a a cubicle city. I'm hating life. You know, things weren't going well. Uh, I was towards the tail end of a really long uh, cohabitant kind of relationship. You know, we're living together, and things weren't just working out for me. And I'm like, look, I could stay in this job that I hate make decent money, I could try to work on a relationship that I know is going nowhere. Or I could really just say, you know, forget this, I'm going to do what I really want. And around that time, I had a, a Volvo 240 that needed to get fixed. And I went to the good folks at Smith Volvo. And I saw how the dealership was. And it's a family-owned uh, dealership. And they were so, like, just nice. And one thing I did notice was, wow, they don't have any women salespeople here. Like, that's um, hmm, interesting. So then I went to look for another car because my wagon at the time was giving me issues. And I went to many different dealerships. And I was getting treated, you know, the, not very, not not well. And if I went with my boyfriend at the time, they would talk to him instead of me. And I'm like, no, this isn't working. I went to Smite. I saw a car. It was nothing that I wanted. But they treated me so well, I ended up buying it. And uh, a few months later, I I did my resume and I said, "Listen, I I'm I'm willing to quit my job. I want to work for you guys." And uh, I started out as a marketing assistant, so there was a marketing manager there, and I was his assistant. And I was doing social media, trying to get you know the as quote unquote the young crowd into the doors. And uh, within five months, I got promoted to uh, marketing manager because my manager uh, went on to something else. And then I was there for almost two years. Uh, then I got recruited to go to another dealership, uh, Volvo Danbury, and I was there for a year. Um, I learned a lot because that dealership, while it's absolutely gorgeous on the outside, it's just beautiful, uh, huge, you know, it's just a lot of space for cars. Um, the infrastructure is the Danbury's in what Danbury's state? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, I've been, so I've I been through Danbury, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, so I moved I moved from Jersey, where is my core, my support system, everything I know. Uh, by then, you know, I, I broke up with a boyfriend. I lived on my own. Uh, I got a cat, which I'm allergic to cats, but I got one. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I love her. Uh, so I moved, to, uh, I moved to Beacon, New York, because I didn't want to live in Connecticut. And I commuted only like 40, 40 minutes. Um, but again, the infrastructure of that of that dealership wasn't the best, and I had to learn a lot the hard way. Why so, was why was the vehicle why was the dealership not built the way to 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 um, well, accommodate your personality or your or what what did it not accommodate for you? Well, here's the thing: um, when you without you know without burning bridges or I'm mean, no, that, that, what do you bridge, what do you need to have a successful it. dealership uh, that, to work that, at? That, yeah, no, that that bitch was burnt when the day I walked out. But um, I, you know, I will. I've always said why. I was very vocal the day I actually quit. I did a a, a slight 
Facebook feed, which I, I have down, I have now deleted, but, um, you know, when you have a dealership, sometimes you got to ask yourself, am I going to be a dealership that's all about growth or am I going to be a dealership that's all about volume? And there are some dealerships that are amazing at doing both. You know, they have their cake and they eat it too. But you got to look at the brand. You know, if it's a known brand, if it's a brand that's going to be quick, then of course, you know, people are going to buy and you're going to have volume, you're going to have growth. But when you right. are when you are a niche brand, when you are a brand that's coming out, you know, rising out of the phoenix, I kind of like, we were here once, we conquered the world, we went away for a little bit, and now we're back. Come out Volvo. Yep. You know, Volvo in the 70s and 80s, everyone and their nanny had a Volvo. Well, uh, maybe where you're from. Well, in the Northeast, yeah. In the Northeast, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a Volvo. And even okay. now, when, you, when you're driving down the road and you see old cars and you're like, how is that thing still on the road? Right. And you look at the Volvo. They, they just, they're there. Um, Isn't that bad for dealers? Away. I mean, wouldn't that be bad for somebody who's selling Volvos? That you sell yeah, a Volvo and it's on the road for 48 years? It. It, would be, it would be good for the service aspect because they will be continu- they'll continue to come in for service. Oh, and I get that for the... Them- yeah, okay. and then you get them. Yeah, you get them in like, okay, dude, like your car's twenty years old. I will give you money for it if you get into another one. Like, there are ways that it, it works. But uh, Danbury lacked uh, BDC. There was no BDC person. Uh, the the front desk, you know, it wasn't very organized. So at the time that I was there, it was just me and two other salespeople, and I was selling. I was top performer and and top seller. And I had no real support, so I didn't have a BBC person, you know, so if I had to take a nap, I had to take a nap, but if I had four deliveries that day, I still had to manage my follow-up, I still had to do floor-ups, you know, and I still had to make sure that the delivery was done properly. So my deliveries used to take 35 minutes front to back on the spot platform car. Now I narrowed it down to 24 minutes and like 30 seconds. Like, and I'm thorough. I program your key. I go through everything. Are you doing? So, are you are you desking the deal? I mean, are you uh, are you running your own F and I or um, are you talking Danbury, in general the well, process? At, at Dan, yeah, at Danbury, we couldn't go up to the desk unless we had structure. Like, I couldn't just say Mrs. Smith wants an XC90 in black. Let's figure. No, like I had to go up to the desk like. She wants an XC90 in black. I quoted her at this payment because I had a desking tool. Right. Um, is there any room to manage? You know, she's got loyalty. She's got this, blah, blah, blah. She's got a trade. Um, we need to look at the trade because, you know, I put it in the auto. It says it's 2000 but she's got an accident. Let's figure this out. How can we sell her this car without making her angry? And in the back of my head, I'm thinking CSI, CSI. So, right. I was pretty much like a one-woman show, and it, and it does get tiring. So when you're doing all this, and you're you're you know you're breaking your back and you're sweating hard for a dealership, and the dealership uh, doesn't acknowledge you or will say things like, "Oh, you're still doing those silly videos." I guess they work for you. You know, it kind of like makes you feel like unwanted or unproductive. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't want to. I would do videos every, almost every email that I would get from a customer, I would reply with a video like, hey, Joey, thank you so much for your inquiry. Listen, that car you wanted sold, but I do have two other ones. Let me know if you want me to show them to you. Do you, you don't need to come in. I'll do it on video. And that's, you know, do you, that's so you moved, where are you at now? I'm still in Deacon. I 
So in August of last year, I went to a, uh, a Volvo event, and um, by you know by then everyone 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 in Volvo knows who I am. Uh, I make no, I don't hide my love for the brand. I mean, I got Volvo tattoos on my arm. That you know, I'm, I'm really committed to the brand. And uh, right, so, I met but I'm, a lot of I met a lot of amazing people at this event. I met a lot wanna, of amazing dealerships. Mm-hmm. I want to pull some good nuggets from what you're saying, and I don't want to get into the weeds too no, much because ahead, it, go ahead, go ahead. you know, um, just just because I know for one. Uh, in my a disclaimer is I would say 89% of the people that work in automotive retail that would listen to this podcast have the attention span of a squirrel. Would you agree? Yeah, that's what I'm talking so fast. Yeah, so you're talking so <laughs> fast to get it all in there. But I want to, I want to, where, where are you at now? What's the name of the dealership you're at now? If you want to share that. Oh, I am at, ready. I am at the number one Volvo dealership in the country, possibly the world, definitely in the country. I am at Volvo Cars Blend Cove, and that is in Blend Cove, New York. In New York, okay. Yep. And And you are... you got to get the commercial in there. I understand. Get the commercial in there. (laughs) No, I'm waiting. No, it's an amazing team. You know, they they came at me, and I wasn't quite sure. What? Um, but what's your position there? What's what's the what do they put on your on your uh, business cards? Well, I started out as a salesperson, so you know when I got recruited to go to this to the store, um, I went down. You know, I was just a salesperson, and um, within my first seventeen days, I, I realized like, wow, this is a this is an amazing store. Um, you know, they are high paced, very New York, very. This is how it is. You like this car, you're leaving with this car today, something I've never experienced before. And uh, I am internet manager, but okay. internet manager, I, I wear many hats as well as all the other managers at the store. You know, we don't just stick to our titles. If if we got to wash a car because there's a spot, yeah, and it, yeah. we do it. You know, if I got to man the phones because my receptionist is out, I'll do it. I don't care. If I got to sell cars, you know, I do it too. I T.O. ITO deals, I make sure that our internet is on point, I make sure that the leads are being handled, I do all the social media, I do the graphics, you know, customer service, if ever there is an angry customer, I'm the first line of defense, and let me tell you, my track record is pretty good, where I could get a customer that is like at the verge of of screaming and calling people, Uh, I get them to come back in and love us and even buy a car. And it's because... What? <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm I'm just sitting back. Well, it's it's because uh, one thing I learned from my first dealership from Kevin Flanagan at Snipes Volvo is that you have two ears and one mouth, and when you have a customer that is upset, not at you personally, but at the brand or whatever, you really need to listen and you really need to to understand where they're coming from and put yourself in their shoes. And once you do that. Once you say those magic words like, I totally get you, I understand, and let me see what I can do, everything changes. But it's, you know, if you don't listen to your customer, you're going nowhere fast. You know, that it's a definite thing. And, you know, Volvo customers are, are a special kind of customer, so you really need to have a lot of patience and really understand that if they walk in, they're on their fifth or sixth Volvo, so they don't really need the whole song and dance routine on why this car is great. I just really want to get to the meat and potatoes of it. This is what I have. This is what I was paying. Can we do something? And you have to you have to accommodate. And um, you know, I I listen to my customers. I text them 
especially the ones that maybe have had issues, you know, they weren't happy with their salesperson or if the service department didn't call them back, I make sure I text them, I call them like, oh, hey, you know, I know when you came in the other day because your tire busted, you said that your ear hurt. Is your ear okay? That's great. How's the car doing? Awesome. All right, we'll keep in touch. I text them for Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. You know, uh, this past Christmas, everyone got a photo of me and my cat. Like, hey, Merry Christmas. You know, P.S., thank you for keeping us alive, LOL. But, you know, I make I make jokes and, and uh, milestones when there's birthdays or anything like that. And I have customers that have followed me from my first dealership to my second, now to my third. And they will drive hours uh, to see me. And, you know, it makes me feel good because I myself drive almost two hours each way to go to work. So it makes it worth it. Will it continue like that or are you going to move closer? Um, I've thought about moving closer. It's just the cost of living in Long Island. It's not. It's just kind of productive, you know. And plus, right. I have I have such a sanctuary here. Oops. I have, like, beautiful backyard. It's very quiet. Right. Um and it's relaxing. So after a really hard, grueling, grueling day, to come home and just chill is, you know, I can't trade that for anything. I really can't. The um, just going to ask you some rapid-fire mm-hmm. questions here because we, yeah. I am limited on time, and yeah. I do appreciate you know your answers. I just I am limited, and I'd love to have this podcast go for like a Joe Rogan podcast where it's four and a half hours long. But yeah, I'm going to do rapid-fire with you, okay? Go ahead, go ahead, I'm going to do rapid-fire. Um, I'm waiting. First, qu- first question. Come on. <laughs> um, you are rep- you are well respected by uh, your corporate by Volvo, uh, the OEM. Yes. Um, does it matter for somebody who's thinking about getting into car sales or somebody who is like in a rut in car sales? You know, maybe in their for their green pea or something like that. How much does it help you to have a passion for the brand before you are selling that brand? Is that how oh does that What's up? It, it, it makes such a world of difference. You could teach sales. You could teach someone till the cows come home how to sell a car. You could throw books at them all day long. But if you don't have a passion for what you do, it's not, you know, passion is what gets me up in the morning. Passion is it's what makes me bite my tongue when I have a salesperson that maybe is not listening to the to the proper way of doing things. Or if I have a customer that's cursing me out or, or whatever, the passion I have for what I do, not only the brand, but for what I do, is definitely such a huge key component. Did it give you a head start in, in success? Yeah. Definitely? It definitely. Yeah, oh, my God. Growing up with the brand, that. your uncle having a, a cool Volvo got you kind of into the whole, like, passion and, yeah, and love and brand. And it, yeah, but if you, but I also have a passion for being with people and helping people. Mm-hmm. I have a – it's like a, when I see a customer at the end – Give me a hug. I'm like, yes, you know, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. This person's gonna love their experience. What's and the? That's, really, that's what it's all about. Next question. What is? What do you think is one of the the most important aspects mm-hmm. or skills that a leader should have that's going to be running a, a dealership, an automotive retail car dealership? What do you think is? Uh, empathy, uh, not empathy. Um, you know, yeah, it, um, just knowing where your staff is coming from, and knowing that, and it's something I've I've had to learn recently. Knowing that everyone on your staff is different, and uh, what works for one person is not going to work for the other, and you really have to have an open heart, an open mind when you deal with the staff, and knowing that when you you strip away the titles, you're still both two people in one room. 
and you really just kind of have to talk about things. And that is what a leader is. Like a leader is someone that's going to keep it real with you, but also be like, look, I get it. I've been in your shoes. I've been where you're at. But the reason I am where I am is because of X, Y, Z. And this is, you know, you got to, you got to have a conversation. You know, it's a, a bad leader, and I've had one, is someone that just barks orders at you, right. doesn't doesn't let you speak, kind of doesn't even, you know, doesn't encourage you, doesn't say, I'm not saying I need a pat on the back all the time, but, you know, every once in a while when you get a, hey, man, you're doing a really good job, that speaks volumes, and that pushes people to do better, and that is a true leader. Um, and that going code, everyone, you know, all the managers are always telling everyone, like, you're doing a good job, and even to each other. We even say to each other, you know, my uh, general sales manager, Kristen, I'm always like, dude, you're, you're, you're awesome. You know, you're a strong woman. You're awesome. And you got to encourage each other. And that's what a good leader is. When you, uh, you do bring yourself online, uh, you mix your personal and you mix your professional stuff together, which is a, which is a formula that I 100% back up. I don't think people should have their uh, a Facebook page that they use for, you know, uh, if they do, uh, I believe that they need to put, you know, money behind it. There's no reason to have a Facebook page if you're selling cars, uh, Correct. unless you're boosting or, or running ads. There's no reason because there's zero, uh, engagement from that, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds like you agree. So my, uh, my strategy, and I think it's very much just like your strategy, is to take your own personal Facebook, you know, account that everybody gets. And you do a nice mixture of what you, what your passions are, right? And part of your passion mm-hmm. is selling cars and making sure you take care of people that are wanting to buy Volvos or understand more about the Volvo brand, along with, yeah. you know, your escapades with the landlady, your escapades with the cat, your escapades with uh, uh, such wonderful, you know, uh, you take great uh, selfie pictures of, uh, you know, it, 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 it makes it so it's not awkward for anybody else who's like, well, Mabel's doing it, you know? I mean, this is, this yeah. is something cool to do. So with that aside... With the, uh, I know that you're connected with a lot of dealers online as well through Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. What is what is the biggest uh, what is the biggest thing that you see that group doing wrong? Uh, you know, guys and girls, guys and ladies, whatever. Be correct here. What do you see that they're they're doing that's just they just are not getting it? What's something they can do to improve? They, um, you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. you know, doing the video, doing the videos is great. Uh, but if you notice, I've I've scaled down tremendously in doing videos because I, you know at one point my Facebook feed was all everyone doing walking lot videos. Right. And I'm like, come on, stop. You know, when you're selling a car, and I tell this to my guys at work, you're not selling a car. You're selling a relationship a relationship with your customer and you, a relationship with the customer and the dealership, a relationship with the customer and the brand. So if you're utilizing your social media to push yourself further as a salesperson, you need to have a human aspect. You need to be a curator, basically a curator of your social media. Okay, so... Um, you know, so dumb this down. Mabel, dumb this down because I'm going to try okay, to understand so what you're So basically, you need, you need to edit what you post. You need to edit what you post. So doing uh, keg stand might not be the best photo to post. Oh, look, I'm having a great dinner with my friend. Perfect. Okay. Hey, you're human. You're eating. Oh, hey, look, she has a family too. That's awesome. Wow. You know, she seems like a really genuine person. Maybe I should buy a car from her because she's she's keeping it real. You know, uh, doing the walk on the lot and the cars in the back, that's 
awesome. It works for some people. It works great for some people. But for some people, it doesn't work at all. So I'm a huge anti, I need my own page, like Mabel, Mabel sells cars kind of thing. I can't. I can't do right. it. Because everyone knows I, I'm into cars. Everyone right. already knows I sell cars. Well, some people say I, that not everybody does know because, I mean, they do within your network, but other people outside your network, you know, they see it I as – uh, I, get, I, get, I get fan mail from pretty much all over the, the, the world, and uh, the, everyone pretty much knows. I mean, I, I make sure the hashtags are on point, you know. I make sure that when I do post about a car, you know, I don't throw out uh, all this technical information right. because that's going to be lost on people. Who's doing it right? Who, give me somebody that's online that you follow, you're connected with, that's doing it right, that you, that you would suggest to everybody out there, hey, if you want to see somebody besides you, of course, Mabel, somebody else that's doing it right, who would you suggest? Uh, you know, but they're, they're doing it differently. So um, Yeah, I mean, but doing it for you, like, you're like, yeah, you don't think I've got good content. Yeah, Glenn Lundy does different, and I like it because it's basically just him just talking, which is great. You know, he has some really good insights. Uh, I know now Sean Hayes is joining him. Uh, Sean Hayes does a good job. Um, I don't listen to him as much as I used to because while he's on, I'm trying to get ready to get to work. Right. You know, um, I know uh, Davenport used to do some stuff. I haven't really seen anything from him lately. Um, you know, talking about uh, you know, Mike Davenport in Louisville. Yeah, Kentucky. Mike Davenport. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, Chevy dude. My my all time favorite, uh, definitely one of the one of the pillars as to why I decided to to do all this because I saw her at a digital dealer conference, uh, Lisa Copeland. Okay. I mean, this is to me, she's like she's like Wonder Woman to me. I'm like, oh my god. This like, is what I love about Mabel is that I asked her to, to name one and she's on number five right now. <laughs> I can't just I can't just name one because they all have different. They so, all have different things that I love. Just know? to everybody that's listening to the, the podcast with Mabel Peralta, she mentioned Sean Hayes. I'll actually be having uh, have an interview scheduled to talk to Sean Hayes. Uh, it'll be in the future that, that you'll be listening to this, of course, but I, I'm going to let everybody know that I'll be talking to Sean Hayes as he's making his trip from Florida to Kentucky to join the Dan Cummins uh, Chevy Group. Uh, the Dan Cummins group in uh, Kentucky where he's teaming up and, and working with Glenn Lundy. So that's going to be exciting that I'm going to be able that's to talk awesome. to uh, Sean at basically the calm before the storm. Um, Mabel, I want to get into just one other uh, kind of aspect yeah. real quick, and, and then I'll let you uh, – I know it's your day off, so. <clears throat> here's, it's never here's a day the, off. My, my email has been going off this whole time. It's never a day off, but. I need – yeah. <laughs> and, and, Help me, help me understand this. And I think I asked you this before because I've interviewed you once before and, and talked. Mm -hmm. And this is just something that this is something that uh, I'm very curious about. Uh, and I do because I don't I don't know how I would handle it. And I'm, I'll never be in the situation that I'll have to handle something like this. But I've mm -hmm. got to know um, <clears throat> when <clears throat> excuse me, as I choke up on the question. I'm just, I, I, want to, I want to phrase this question very, very um, uh, carefully. Um, here's, here, here, here's how it goes. As a, as a woman who works in automotive retail, you're already, you're already a minority in automotive retail as, as being a woman. I mean, it's, it's right. such, a, such a minority that there's their own you know, kind of um, conference, the Women in Automotive mm -hmm. Conference, right? And there's a whole yep. group of women in automotive. And it, it, I mean, we here at uh, Modern Dealership Magazine, we have, I think we have a special edition coming out about women in automotive. So let's just put that in. Let's just put that in. Let's, let's use that as a baseline. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, we've, we do have women that work in automotive retail that are doing exactly what men are doing, which is 
uh, marketing themselves more online to become, you know, branding themselves to, to try to get more of a top of mind awareness with their friends and family and, and strangers out there <clears throat> that they are somebody to turn to uh, if you are looking to upgrade or get a vehicle. Uh, so there's more Facebook, there's more Twitter, there's more uh, Snapchat. I even I interviewed Christina Coverdale, which is in the uh, latest issue of uh, Modern Dealership Magazine, where Christina Coverdale, and congratulations to her because she just got engaged. So she's been in a relationship for a while, has been using Tinder to get leads. And very simply, <laughs> simplistically, how she does that is that she creates a Tinder profile. She swipes right on every single dude, right? If they swipe right on her, they connect, but she has her Snapchat username in her profile and she does not respond back to her message, the messages on Tinder. She just naturally waits for them to follow her on Snapchat and then she just inundates them. Her Snap feed is just nothing but her selling cars and walk arounds and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it works for her. She sells two to four cars a month just off of that alone. So, so I got that disclaimer out of the way. So more women are online doing, you know, more of their, their personal branding. So here's my third question. And I think this has to do with um, all women, not just, you know, um, women that are posting pictures of themselves or not posting pictures of themselves. But how do you filter the, um, the, the, the guys that are just wanting to get your attention for romantic reasons uh, or to go out with you um, compared to them becoming a, a lead or a prospect or an opportunity? Like, where's the line um, for you? Where, where does, well, you, you, I, see, you see what I'm saying there? So basically, how do I, how do I tell who, who's going to be a creeper, who's not going to be a creeper? Yeah, how do you filter that? And, and, and how, um, much of it, how much do you, how much does that weigh on your mind when you're, when you're posting things? Because I look at it like this, the perspective of, you know, this, um, this, uh, this whole argument between do not objectify women by what they're wearing, right? You don't stare, you don't do anything yeah, if there's yeah. a low cut, right? Or a high skirt or something like that. You, you show the respect is the same as if they were just wearing a full, um, you know, full, uh, uh, what we like to call here coveralls. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but so, but there are guys that do stare and they, and so I, you know, you, you're, you're a very, uh, attractive person and it comes across with what you post online. How do you keep the thirsties? How do you keep the creepy ones? Um, it's, it's, you know, at first it was, it was a little hard because I'm like, Hey, I'm just trying to post. Um, but I, you know, again, it comes down to editing. You know, am I going to post a photo of me, you know, full body photo of me in a bathing suit? No, absolutely not, because I know that's going to be that's going to be crazy. Because you know, times I do post a full body photo, I you know my DMs are hemorrhaging. I'm just like, please guys, cut it out. But the way I do it is, I'm just polite. I'm just nice about it. I say thank you. Okay. Wow, you think I'm attractive? That's great. Once they cross that line of where it's like a little uncomfortable, I let them know immediately after that, hey, right. I'm not here. I'm not here for X, Y, Z. Okay. I'm here because unfortunately I like taking photos. That's one. Two, I love cars and I'm not looking for anything other than that. So if you want to talk you to me about cars, go right ahead. We could talk about my basil plant. We could talk about my cat. We could talk about my food, all good things. But if you want right. to talk to me about getting in my, in my skirt, you're blocked. Peace out. See, now, I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to be 100% honest with me, because like I said, I cannot, I can't do this. I, you know, I, it, yeah. I can't test it that way. I'm not, I'm not a good-looking man. Um, uh, okay, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm average. 
some average for the Midwest, right? Chubby white guy yeah. in the Midwest with a beard, and you know, I did get some new well, glasses. You might enjoy you. those. And, and the East Coast, you are you are dainty, so. Oh, thank you. Chubby guy, chubby guy with a beard and glasses in the East Coast. That's like, oh my God, I've lost, holy grail. Uh, I've lost a ton of weight uh, since then. It's the second time I've done this. So, um, holy grail, go on, thanks. unicorn. So here's my <laughs> yes. Here's my question about this. Um, mm-hmm. When you are posting uh, so, on, on social, is yes. sexuality is sexuality and uh, physical, you know, uh, attractiveness? something that you think about when you're posting something online because we all know as marketers and advertisers that sex sells right and if it yeah. just happens to be a little bit of cleavage in a picture or if it happens to be the sparkling you eyes want the honest, you, know, you want the, I want honest, the honest, honest truth i do i want the honest Hell, truth yeah it is Hell, okay yeah come on first off i i myself have lost a lot of weight i used to be 100 pounds overweight if I was 100 pounds overweight, I wouldn't be posting half the things I post now because I would feel self-conscious, and then you get all the people who, you know, would be calling me Shamu or something, X, Y, Z, whatever. I grew up with a woman that is still to this day very much, you know, you have to dress. You, it's better to be overdressed and underdressed. My grandmother's the same way. You know, I basically, my first shoes were heels, so... Yeah, I'm very in tune with my sexuality. I'm very in tune with the way, you know, I feel sexier in a pair of heels than I would in my chucks, which I love my Converse, but let's keep it real. Um, I know for a fact that if I post a photo of my legs next to a car, that's going to get more attention than a photo of me with rollers. So, so it, it is there. I mean, I just want to get it straight from, you know, a yeah, store. No, and that's, that's another reason why I would never, ever wear team gear at work. First off, I don't I like polyester. I, I hate polyester. So and if anybody's look looking good. at your post, <laughs> looks at your post and thinks, or, or anybody's post online is like, oh my God, they look really good there. They're allowed to think that. I'm not saying for me. I'm no, just saying no, other people. I, never, I don't see gender. I don't see sex. I don't see any of that. Everybody's are, just one eunuch. You know, today's society is just really warped. We're all visual creatures. We all see things and we're like, oh, damn. I Even myself, I'll go through Instagram and I'll see a really beautiful woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's freaking gorgeous. Like, I want to know where she got her lipstick. I want to know all about it. Who did your hair? Where did that shirt come from? Yeah. And, you know, we are all visual creatures. For us to be in denial and for us to be like, that's bad. You shouldn't objectify. All right, objectifying is is one thing. There's there's a a way of doing it where it's just disgusting and you're just like, dude, cut it out. And then there's a way of doing it where you're like, well, wow, you're really giving me an honest, genuine compliment. And I appreciate it. My final question to you, I've had you on the phone for yeah. almost almost 40 minutes now, um, and then we'll wrap this up. It has to do back with, um, do you ever get flack or do you ever get negative um, messages privately or even comments uh, that people think that you have uh, sh- uh, showed too much or flirted too much in an, in an image? Because I would say that most of your most of your posts have nothing to do with you. It has to do with the passions that you have. Uh, but do you right. ever get that pushback? Do you ever get the, you know, I what do. the hustlers and grinders I, I, would call the haters? Yeah, I get a lot of haters. Um, I get a lot of haters, men and men and women. And I've blocked some on Facebook and, and some, you know, I've blocked on Instagram. But, you know, the women mostly are catty when they hate and it's because they don't understand. Everyone sees this perception of me online. Everyone thinks what they see online is what's real. And they right. make assumptions like, well, she's always dressed to the nines and she's always well manicured. She must be a snob or she must be high maintenance. Meanwhile, 
I am the biggest homebody you'll ever meet. You know, I like to do my own things. Half of my expensive purses and, and, and shoes I've had for over 10 years. You know, I still make my own clothes. I still go to the thrift store if I have to. Uh, yeah, I buy nice things, but I'm practical. You know, like, would I rather spend $700 in a pair of heels or would I rather put that towards rent? I put that towards rent because that's just the way I was raised. So I have a lot of people that hate me because they assume I am a certain way because of what I post. And gotcha. then I have those those amazing, beautiful gentlemen that like to send me photos that are inappropriate. And uh, my one way of, of me coping with that is I send the same exact photo, obviously from the Internet, right back at them. And uh, I use humor. I'm like, oh, wow, you're almost as big as me. And then they leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> So that's well, there you one go. way. There's there your you tips go. from Mabel Peralta, ladies out yeah. there that are branding yourself online to, you know, to, to get some. Mabel, thank you for your time today. I do appreciate thank it. You. And if anyone, if anyone ever has any questions, uh, they could definitely uh, contact me. I have many amazing, strong women uh, sending me messages all the time. And it really, you know, some of them bring me to tears because, and the tears of happiness, because it means that what I'm doing is actually making a difference and that my my opinion means something to them and I'm here to help anyone if ever they need it. All right. Well, hold on one second. All right. And uh, yep. first of all, I just want to tell everybody that we have the Sean Hayes interview coming up in the future. Listen for that. Uh, uh, I forget what he goes by. He's got uh, the sales hustler or something like that. He's going to be doing yeah, the sales hustler. Yep. Yeah. So stick around uh, and make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and also uh, make sure you go to moderndealership.com. Uh, a lot of these uh, podcast interviews uh, are followed up with an article that we will write. Uh, so if you don't have the attention span to listen to the 40 minutes that you just listened to, <laughs> which is kind of redundant <laughs> why I'm saying this, uh, you can always check out moderndealership.com forward slash in the box. All the information there on every dealer, every vendor, anybody that I talk to is all going to be there. So Mabel, hold on one second. The rest of you, if you want to say goodbye, say yep. goodbye.